Next on BYUSN, in a season growing with frustration for BYU football, would a win tomorrow against Oklahoma straight up forgive the last three weeks for the Cougars? Plus, we'll break down the matchup between the Cougars and Sooners with a guy who knows how to beat Oklahoma. Back in 2009, he did it. We've got time for Dennis Pitta. Ahead of the big weekend in the Big 12, we roll out a roundup and prop picks, and I'll try to get Jerem back in the game. Do my best. <laughs> Good Plus, luck. A fantastic Friday match at the Smith Fieldhouse, BYU in Kansas. Volleyball stars Whitney Bauer and Whitney McEwen. Lorenas will join us in studio. Two Whitneys are always better than one, and that's how we roll on a Friday. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, as Dave mentioned, November 17th. I am Spencer Linton. Once upon a time, he is a man who had a sweet 16, Dave McCann. Yeah, it was sweet, the more I think about it. It was so long ago. We've worked hard to get here for Friday. We got a huge show, huge weekend. Man, so Good busy. time to be alive. Absolutely. And women's soccer, Dave. They got it done last night. It wasn't pretty. It was downright ugly at times. I talked to Jennifer Rockwood's mom after the game. She said, that was hard to watch. Yeah. But they figured it out, and now they're back into another Sweet 16. Play sold out, as always. BYU-USC scoreless in the first half. We get into the second half, and then this happens. And uh, I'll tell you what, this young lady knows how to make magic happen. It is uh, Bella Farino. Felino, and look at that, into the back of the net. Place goes nuts. It was BYU wins fantastic. it. 1-0, they advance to the Sweet 16, host Michigan State. Tomorrow night at 8 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. I've watched this goal like a million times. <laughs> cool? The fans behind the goal always get me. And uh, fun fact, I never get to take family to these games right. because I'm typically working them in some capacity. Yeah. And we've got little kids at home, but... We put my 12-year-old in charge last night and said, you know what? We're going to the second half. It was That's a gutsy move. It was 0-0. I know. We <laughs> took a calculated risk. Thankfully, it paid off. Well done, Jax. But got there at halftime, and about 10 minutes before, Bella Felino made that kick. And my wife, Brittany, said, this is fun. Why don't we do this more often? Yeah. And I'm like, it is fun. You know, we got a break in the weather, too. It rained earlier, and it was still, you know, it, 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 was, it was autumn. It was chilly. For USC, wasn't that bad for the home no, team? No, BYU knows. It was all so much about colder this. last week at the Iowa State game. Indeed, Michigan State will be ready for these conditions, but will they yeah. be ready for BYU's attack? We'll see. A spot in the Elite Eight on the line. More on that later. For now, all rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. Hosting the Sooners and BYU, a 24 and a half point underdog. That's the second biggest line in recorded history, trailing only what BYU faced against number one ranked USC, the eventual national champions led by Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush yeah. back in 2004 when it was a 26 point underdog line for BYU. So, needless to say, the Cougars have a very, very tall mountain to climb tomorrow. If but you were born in 1922. You've been waiting your entire life for Oklahoma to come to Provo. It's never happened. Here they are. Here they are. And it's sold out. I wonder what type of crowd's going to show up. Isaac Rex was yeah. on our show earlier this week pining for fans to, hey, show up, support us. We need every ounce of help we can get from the fans and the belief. 
But Dave, as we look back on the last three weeks, and really a season that has had major ups and downs, yeah. a lot of frustrations, a lot of head-scratching elements, if BYU somehow figures out a way to beat Oklahoma, and I know it's like a 5% chance according to ESPN, but if they did it, would it forgive the last three weeks and that season full of frustrations with one win? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it not only would forgive the last three weeks, it'll forgive next week. <laughs> this, is, uh, this might be, if they can pull it off, it might be in the top three wins of all time in program history behind Michigan and Miami. Now, BYU beat Oklahoma when they were third, 2009, in Dallas, but they weren't members of the Big 12. It wasn't a home game. It wasn't the Sooners in Provo for the first time. It wasn't to get bowl eligible. It wasn't to make right what's kind of gone wrong this sure, last month. Sure. All those factor in. And if you Senior can show day. up and beat a team that's picked to, to win by 24 and a half, um, I, think that is, I think that would forgive all the misdeeds of the season. Because the goal of the season would be to get bowl eligible. Yes. And, and, okay, and, and the six wins, no one figured Oklahoma would be in the magic number of six. Uh, and, and here's the possibility. Giant task. Hear me there. Big test. Big underdogs. But if they were to win it, I think it does forgive uh, and it celebrates the, hey, in this rocky road of first year of P5 football in the Big 12, look what BYU did against Oklahoma. And then they take some momentum into Oak State and they go to a bowl game and get an extra month of practice and all that stuff. Sure. So, yes, what do you think? Maybe this opens up a, a bigger conversation in that, Okay, let's say BYU doesn't beat Oklahoma tomorrow and they're five and six, but they beat Oklahoma State. I guess we could ask the same question next week, which is, okay, you've lost four in a row, but yeah. if you figure out a way to win Stillwater, would that then forgive everything? It's a little bit different for me as I look at that. Oklahoma is so good and such a name brand opponent, and senior day in Provo with a chance for BYU to go five and one at home, there's just more there for BYU to accomplish. And if they got that sixth win, then, then yes. Like they, BYU accomplished in a roundabout way. They took a winding road to get there and hit some significant delays and big bumps and straight-up stops, and they still found a way to get there. Then, then it's like, okay, fine. As bad as the last three weeks were, you beat Oklahoma, you're bowl eligible. You're not only that, you steal the story of the day in sports. In college football. 100%. Hey, every, did you see what happened to Oklahoma? What would be a bigger upset than a 24-and-a-half-point underdog in BYU beating Oklahoma and all but assuring that Oklahoma has zero prayer of playing in the Big 12 championship yeah, yeah, game? Yeah, and it's on ESPN, so it's, it's easy to find. And uh, I, the, the setting is there. The setting is there for, in the event that there's an upset, enormous. Yes. And in the event that they don't beat Oklahoma but play them tough, Okay, who notices? Oklahoma fans and BYU fans. But if you want to shake things up, you know, go out there and play like Superman, which might be required. Yeah. However, we've seen crazy games all year. <laughs> why, why not have a crazy game for BYU? It's That's been an, what's it's possible. It's been an insane year in the Big 12 specifically. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is rewind one week and look at what UCF did at home as a 1-5 Big 12 team and an underdog on their home field. Granted, it wasn't by 24, but still a decent underdog on their home field. 
they destroyed Oklahoma State and kind of made us all pause and go, huh? Exactly. Is that right? That score has to be mixed up, right? No, UCF did it. So why not BYU? And again, essentially we're saying if you play the game 100 times, BYU might win four or five times. But you play it once. That is the crazy part of sports. You play the game one time. So if some there are some weird bounces of the ball and yeah. BYU gets an early turnover and they can get the crowd into it. Things can get very, very weird for Oklahoma. And BYU's not running out an FCS program. They're legitimate D1. They're running out good players. They got a good quarterback. Can he put it together? They got receivers that they were excited to sign. Can they, can they catch the ball? They got this giant offensive line that they expected to be better than they've been. Can they be better for one day. You bring Jay Hill, a defensive guru, to inspire the defense, which played inspired for a good chunk of the yeah. season. Can they get it back for one day? And if you if you can, then then your day is tomorrow. Yeah. Remind me the name of the coach of the 1980 Miracle on Ice Team USA hockey team it was Herb. I'm trying to remember his last name. It wasn't Sendak. Herb Brooks. Herb Brooks. Yes. It was Herb Brooks. He gives this unbelievable speech yeah. where he's like, talks about how great the Soviet Union is. They got no business being on the ice. Right. But he's, he essentially says, all we have to do is prove that we're the best Today. tonight. Like, they're the best. They're amazing. Not tonight. Yeah. Like, if I'm Kalani Satake, I'm channeling all of that. Oh, yeah. I'm playing. I'll straight up play the whole, like, that entire scene for my BYU football team before they run on the field. Just to get something going, get the juice flowing, get the belief kind of circulating through that locker room. Um, yeah, if BYU could do this, and frankly, Dave, there is going to be a moral victory here. If BYU is competitive in this game and lose, then there is some belief and hope that, okay, maybe BYU can go to Stillwater yeah. and get Oklahoma State and then get bowl eligible. I don't think that all is forgiven if that's the scenario. If BYU beats Oklahoma State and they get to 6-6. Six and six, it feels different for me in that regard. It's almost like, oh, relief. Like, they did it. Okay, good job. But, my gosh, things got really interesting. Now, if again, if BYU beats Oklahoma, straight up, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what happened. To your point, it doesn't matter what happened next, no. next week. Whatever. We celebrate. BYU's bowl eligible, today. and they just beat Oklahoma. You know, another movie clip I might show is uh, in Rocky when, when Adrian wakes up from her coma and, and <laughs> tells Rocky to win. Just go do it. You, you know, it's your giant under just and your music hits right. Yes. There's a few sports movies that they have those moments of, uh, of in Hoosiers, you know, they're huddled around and and Gene Hackman's got to play. And then Jimmy Chitwood looks at him and goes, yes, I'll make it. <laughs> it's all right. You guys clear out. Get the ball to Jimmy. There's just those moments where I'll you're going, it. you know what? We, we can elevate our game to this spot at this time in this place. And uh, maybe it's movie night tonight for the Cougars. Just one clip after the other. I'm sure Gladiators got something in there, too. Yes. One clip after the other of, hey, once you throw in the human element, anything's possible. For sure. And you add some pressure to the other side, anything's possible. Listen, to me, and, and I'm going to draw a parallel here, and so, so bear with me here. But recently, a few weeks ago, I'd had a rough day. Like, I got, you were part of it, as a matter of fact. Was I the cause? Okay. Flat tire in my car. Oh, yeah, that's okay. right. Sorry about that. <laughs> like, like, and so tired and just I felt so defeated getting home. Like I had had my own three-game losing streak yeah, that day. Yeah. And I was like, what else, what else can go wrong? I get home, 
and there's a little note from one of my kids. It said simply, thanks for working and for bringing our family money. <laughs> and I was like, I can do anything in the That's world awesome. now. Like it was, it was like this redemption arc, right? Like, yes, let me I can a, do it. Let me add a footnote to that dramatic story. We did help you get your tire, and we took you to dinner. <laughs> yes, you did. Then we sent yeah, you a hand home. pound for that, man. Uh, <laughs> that, that was quite that was a night. good start. Okay, that was the fast start I needed that BYU needs against Oklahoma. But the note okay. is the game changer. The note's the game winner, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you for bearing with me in that. <laughs> That's a good Our story. question of the day is this. If BYU football is able to upset Oklahoma tomorrow, would that wipe away the frustration from the entire season in one game? ESPN's FPI again, 5% chance that BOE actually does this, so keep that in mind as you answer. John Taylor on Facebook says, Considering that the goal for this year was simply to get to a bowl game, I would say yes. The first three years are going to be rough as BYU makes the adjustment to the Big 12, but making a bowl game means BYU accomplished the goal and shows progression. Okay. Phil right. Hodge on Facebook I'd arguably be more frustrated when we get whooped by TCU and Iowa State and then beat OU. <laughs> no, you got to get outside, enjoy some air, and just participate in this this thing that's first year of the Big 12. Crazy things happen. Celebrate the moment. It doesn't matter yeah. what happened yeah. up to tomorrow. That, that's that is a reality for a lot yeah, of people. It's like understanding. They beat Oklahoma. How did they? How did they lose the way they did against these? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It it's what very, we do as fans. It very much is week to week. <laughs> we all we all need some healing balm, okay? <laughs> and maybe we get a little bit tomorrow, even if it's not a win. Maybe it's like some competition. Let's just go for the win. And more let's of a, get the win. Let's get the win. Let's, yeah, all right. Let's just do that. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated, coming in early today. I like this from the top rope, at. Is it Grief it looks Machine? Looks like Grief Machine 5. <laughs> or Grief Machine. It's G-R-E-I-F. So the E and the I are different. Anyway, we're going to call it Grief Machine 5 on X. It says, if BYU <laughs> wins tomorrow, I'll forgive them for 2017. <laughs> He's been carrying that for a long time. He's been carrying that grief for a while. Man, I hope that works out. <laughs> Four and nine is forgiven in 2017 if you beat Oklahoma tomorrow. I love that tweet. Uh, hashtag BYUS on X, Facebook, and Instagram. All of that being said, we invite you to rise and shine with us tomorrow morning for BYU Sports Nation game day live coverage from Lavelle Edwards Stadium starts at 10 Eastern. That's 8 a.m. Mountain Time on BYU TV. We'll give you two solid hours of broadcast excellence leading up to BYU and Oklahoma in the final home game of the regular season. Up next, we make time for the great Dennis Pitta. Plenty of time for him. Does he think a win over Oklahoma would forgive the last three weeks specifically? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What a win for BYU football that September night in 2009. Hard to believe it's been more than 14 years since Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, and company pulled off just one of the most dramatic wins in BYU history. First game in the new Dallas Cowboys Stadium, yeah. first college game, and uh, no one gave the Cougs a chance. 
Uh, the place was full of like 80% were Sooner. It was a Sooners home game, even though they were playing in a neutral location. Oh, for sure. But, um, but it was magical. 60 to 70,000 Oklahoma fans, like 10,000 BYU fans, but the Cougar fans were very, very loud. They left happy. In the very end. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU sports play-by-play. -play. Joining me and Dave McCann right now is the man who played a significant role in that game, got a critical fourth down conversion with a catch late in the game. Dennis Pitta, we've got plenty of time for you today, my friend. Great to have you back on the show. How are things? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. You know, we, uh, I think we're feeling some form of optimism, <laughs> or at least trying to trick ourselves into it, that BYU is yeah. going to show up on senior day and, and do something that would totally flip the script on the season. Uh, Dennis, what, just to sum up your general expectations, what type of BYU team do you expect to show up tomorrow? Well, let me first say how refreshing it is to not have Jerem on the show. I think uh, there's an all new kind of energy and vibe that I really appreciate. And, um, I don't know if it's Dave or if it's you, Spencer. You guys look terrific, and uh, it's just a better day overall than I thought I was going to have. I was going to have to look at Jerem's ugly quaff the whole time. And, uh, Point taken. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> uh, hey, we got the right tone set, right? Okay. Okay. So yeah. all good things. Okay. So then, Absolutely. yeah. Now, as you sum up your your expectations, not just I mean, we'll get to the specifics of the game in a moment. Just how do you expect BYU to show up emotionally and physically for tomorrow's game? <laughs> so we we do have to talk about Oklahoma. Is that correct? Yes. I thought we were just kind of okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's difficult as a BYU fan to have any expectations going into this game. <laughs> um, and listen, the, the best predictor of future performance is the past, right? And unfortunately, BYU has not done well in the past, not specifically against Oklahoma, but just in the past few games of this season. And um, it, it's been difficult to watch. I mean, we don't need to sugarcoat it. I know you guys haven't sugarcoated on, on this program. Um, it's been very difficult to watch. I think it's been difficult for everybody, for fans, for players, for coaches. Um, there's just not a lot of answers for, for what's going on, and, and it's, it's been frustrating on a lot of different fronts. Um, listen, Oklahoma is a very good football team, and uh, they're a better football team, in my opinion, than the last couple of football teams we just played and, and got beat pretty handily by. And so um, to say that I have high expectations for this game or that we're – we can all of a sudden pull this one off, I think is a little bit unrealistic. Um, clearly, I don't have blue goggles on, but, uh, you know, looking at this from just kind of a football perspective, you know, it, it, it's going to be a very difficult game. I mean, this is a, a top five offense as far as total yards go, and, uh, you know, they're averaging over 500 yards a game. I mean, it, it's going to be a juggernaut, to be completely honest. And I think the most disappointing thing over the last couple games for me to watch is – just the lack of, of energy and the lack of, of will out on the field. And you mentioned it, you know, how do you summon kind of the, the, the energy and, and all that to go out and, and beat Oklahoma? That's what they have to find because you watch these games and, you know, from the very start, um, you know, there's, there's mistakes that shouldn't happen. There's turnovers that are unforced. There's all kinds of things that you're just like, what, what is going on right now? And, uh, there's a lot of concerning things in regards to the football team, but 
Um, I, I would love to see a competitive game. I would love to see a team in BYU play for four quarters and compete for four quarters. And, and I don't expect them to win this game. I don't, if you expect them to win this game, you probably haven't watched much football this season, but um, I, I think I expect them to compete and especially on senior night, hopefully that emotion is there and they can show up and they can be a team that's going to play for 60 minutes. Is that how long they play for? I know the NFL <laughs> plays for 60 minutes. I'm going to assume yes, plays for 60 Indeed, years. 60 minutes. <laughs> Dennis, let's go okay, back. So, yeah, go ahead. Let's go back to 2009. Uh, you're playing Oklahoma. Um, you got Max Hall. You got, you got a lineup that's stacked with talent. But it's early in the season, and you're a huge underdog to play them on a neutral field. Um, what was the mindset of the team going in? Was it that we're going to represent, we're going to be competitive? Or did the team go in and go, we're going to knock Sam Bradford out for the season early in the first half and find a way to win this game late in the fourth quarter? Was that the magic part? Was the realistic part going, let's just go and, 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 and man up and be competitive with them? Yeah, I, I think it's always easier to play a really good football team in the first week or two of the season. And I think fortunately for us, we, we were able to do that. We got to play them in the very first game. Both teams aren't quite sure what they are yet. Um, I mean, listen, Oklahoma had an identity. They, they were a high-flying explosive offense led by Sam Bradford, who was the reigning Heisman winner. Um, we knew it was going to be a battle. We knew it was going to be a really tough game. But we also knew that our offense was good enough to, to put points up against the board on them. And we knew that we could make it interesting. I, I'm not sure that, you know, we sat around the night before being like, oh, we're going to beat these dudes. And we certainly didn't anticipate knocking Sam Bradford out of the game. Now, did that help? Absolutely, it helped. And probably a big reason why we did win that game uh, in the end. But listen, I, I think, you know, our, our team was good enough and, and we were confident enough that we could play with anybody. We could compete with anybody. And sometimes the ball bounces your way in games and you get, you know, get a little lucky and you get some help and you get some injuries that go your way. And, uh, you know, you're in at the end, you have a chance to win. And, and sometimes those things don't happen and you lose those games. So um, we weren't scared of Oklahoma. I, I know that. We, we, we didn't fear their defense. Um, I don't think, you know, our defense feared to play, you know, their explosive offense. Um, we anticipate it to be kind of a high-scoring game, and it, you know, never is what you anticipate. 14-13 is not a high-scoring game by any means. But um, listen, I, 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 we we played great. Our defense played, you know, outstanding that yeah. game, and things had to go right for us, and they did. I, I'm not going to sit sit there and say we would have beaten that team every time we played them. We we maybe win, you know, three or four times out of ten. I mean, they just had such a talented roster, but. Uh, you know, we were good enough to hang in the game and compete. And, and that's all you can ask for. You, that's all you can ask for teams is just to go in and compete. And that's what you want to see this BYU team. And that's what's been lacking the last few games. I mean, you're getting blown out. Sure, oh, Iowa State's a better team. West Virginia's a better team. I mean, that's pretty clear. But go in and compete and make the game interesting and don't give up and, and you know, get blown out in the first half and have nothing to play for at that point. Compete. And that, that would be my message if I was the coach and in that locker room right now, you know, 
just go in and compete. We're not giving up. We're playing four quarters. Well stated by Dennis Pitta, who is on BYU Sports Nation on the eve of senior day for BYU. Early morning game, 10 a.m. kickoff. Dennis, you got to get breakfast early and get up and be ready to watch at 9 a.m. Pacific. So I, I don't know how they're playing that early, to be completely honest, because <laughs> one o'clock games are like way too early. I think we had a noon game in college one time. Um, and I feel like you're waking up at like seven in the morning. You got to get there a couple hours early. I can't even imagine a 10 a.m. start. Like you're going to be up at five in the morning. You better get to bed early. So for that, sure, that's, that's my opinion. Oh, absolutely. No way, no way around it. It's just, it's just kind of a crazy scenario, but here we are of note. BYU was a 23 point underdog when you beat Oklahoma back in 2009, the Cougars right now with a line of 24 and a half. So with all that considered and what has happened and been so frustrating for fans to watch with this BYU football team, and frankly for the coaches and players, they're frustrated too. If somehow BYU could string together what would be a mini miracle of a win, would that forgive the frustrations and the misfirings from the remainder of the season that has happened up to this point? Uh, Would it forgive it? No, it wouldn't forgive it. Um, but listen, BYU is capable of beating Oklahoma. Let's not get like that mistaken. BYU has enough talent and enough ability to go out and beat Oklahoma. I, I mean, Oklahoma is a good football team. They're not a top 10 team in the country. I mean, they, you know, they lost to Oklahoma state a couple weeks ago and they've lost to Texas, which listen, both very good teams and Oklahoma is very good. But if BYU goes out and plays clean and doesn't turn the ball over and generates a couple turnovers, I mean, this is anybody's game, to be completely honest. And uh, I know I didn't lend you know fans much hope in, in my first kind of explanation, but it's not like there's no way BYU can ever win this game. It's just so mismatched. No. But the way BYU's been playing, the way things have been trending, the level of you know competing that you see on the field, it, it doesn't you know, give you a lot of confidence that they're going to show up and play the way that they would have to play to, to, to win this game. Um, but they're certainly capable. And so, yeah, I know the spread's huge. I mean, who cares about spreads, to be completely honest? But um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's doable, although, you know, I, I think we'd all be shocked by it. And, and it doesn't forgive, you know, the last few games because I, I think it was really disappointing to see just the lack of effort, the lack, lack of competition, um, against teams that you could have competed against in the entire game. Yeah, sure, you may not have won those games, but I think the style in which BYU lost is what's so frustrating for fans. And uh, that's something, you know, this that will always be attached to this team, unfortunately. But, you know, fans are willing to forgive a lot and, and will forget a lot if you do go out and you, you know, play lights out and you compete and, and it looks completely different. And, and you grab a little momentum and you're able to play in a bowl game. I mean, Things can certainly turn around for the narrative of this season. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think we're going to forget, you know, how it's played out to this point. A lot of truth in that, how forgiving fans can be. And to your point, I think all BYU fans, if I had some advice for you and you want to know how, how to beat Oklahoma, go watch Kansas beat Oklahoma and then go watch what Oklahoma State did against Oklahoma. And then maybe BYU can channel some of that. Dennis, it's great to talk to you, man. Uh, so thrilled that uh, you're part of this program, this fan base, and certainly when we have time for you on the show. Always a good day for us. 
Yeah, thank you guys so much. And I, I let me correct an error. I did say Oklahoma lost to Texas. And I you're right. It was Kansas, not Texas. They beat Texas. So listen, Oklahoma's a good football team and and it's gonna be tough sledding, but you know, if you're a man of faith, you know, anything can happen. You can, you can move mountains. So. We need some of that Austin Collie magic. <laughs> yeah. When you're living right on and off the field, you know, magic happens. So Thank you, hopefully Dennis. they're living right. Hopefully they've, uh, you know, repented of some sins and they're able to uh, put things out there. Oh, great stuff. Uh, that's the appropriate way to end this interview, Dennis. Uh, never yeah, a dull moment, so. my friend. Hope all is well with you and your family. We'll talk to you again soon, brother. All right. Thank you, guys. You got it, Dennis you know Pitta. We, we need Bishop Pitta back on more often. <laughs> hey, earlier we pitched our TV coverage. Now a word on our radio coverage for tomorrow morning. Wake up on BYU Radio. Cougar pregame live, 10 Eastern, for the first meeting between Oklahoma and BYU in Provo. 8 a.m. for us Mountain Time. It's not working for Dennis. Uh, that is not going to work for him. We'll preview a very busy BYU weekend and, frankly, throughout the whole Big 12 with headlines, our Big 12 roundup, and prop picks all after the break. We go up-tempo. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day. Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. It's wall-to-wall -wall stuff. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Dave McCann. Let's roll out your Friday headlines. The game of all games tomorrow, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU, and number 14, Oklahoma. Kickoffs at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Earliest start to a game in Provo since 2004. An upset for the Cougars will get them bowl eligible in their debut season in the Big 12. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. On to Cougars in the NFL, part one, if you will. Kyle Van Noy starting things off last night. Big win for the Baltimore Ravens. He had his sixth sack of the season last night. He's played in eight games, six sacks. He's a stud. They went 34-20. Zach Wilson trying to get back on track with that interesting New York Jets offense. At Buffalo, Fred Warner and the 49ers will host Tampa Bay. And Puka Nakua and the L.A. Rams take on the Seattle Seahawks. Puka, I need you this weekend, and now you know why. Fantasy football! Jaron Hall cleared from his concussion protocol. He'll back up Josh Dobbs. Jaron Kyrus Tonga and the Vikings play the Broncos Sunday night. Michael Davis and the Chargers take on Zane Anderson and the Packers. Sione Taki Taki and the Browns hosting the Steelers. Top seed BYU women's soccer defeating USC 1-0 last night at Southfield. Second round of the NCAA tournament. Bella, Bella, Bella Felino breaking a scoreless tie in the second half to send the Cougars to their third straight. Sweet 16. The number one seed BYU will host five seed Michigan State tomorrow night, 8 Eastern ESPN+. Men's basketball in action Saturday night against Morgan State. Cougars 3-0 up to number seven in CBS Sports Power Rankings. BYU is currently 16th in Ken Palm. What? Have you watched this team? They're playing great. Live coverage, 9 Eastern, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus with Blaine and me on the call. Spencer on BYU Radio. Hanging out on the radio. We're not night. happy about that, but we understand. Yeah, I appreciate it. Women's basketball playing in paradise at the North Shore Classic in Laie, Hawaii. BYU will take on Wake Forest tomorrow night, 930 Eastern. 
They'll stick around and face St. Louis on Tuesday night. You can watch and listen to both games on the BYU TV app and BYU Radio. I wonder, wonder what they'll do all the weekend. Oh, there's the beach. Yeah, yeah. Last blast for women's volleyball. They play their final regular season home game tonight. 13th ranked Cougars, number 17 Kansas. BYU trying to hang on a second place in the Big 12. Cougars are 12-0 with Smith Fieldhouse. Live coverage starts at 9 Eastern with Jeremy, Amy, and Kenzie on the call on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. I had to rock my volleyball gear today to show support for what's going to happen tonight. That's nice, too. Championship Saturday for men's and women's cross country as they run for a pair of national championships in Earliesville, Virginia. Both teams enter the competition ranked number three in the country in their respective rundowns. The women run at 10.20 a.m. Eastern. The men will start at 11.10 a.m. Eastern. Coverage on both ESPNU and ESPN Plus. Good luck. You don't run late in Earliesville, Virginia. Oh, well. You run in the morning. <laughs> Hopefully BYU football runs in the morning, too. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the headlines. Now for a loaded Big 12 Roundup presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Okay, I lead six to three on the season, so I've basically got this thing wrapped up for the season championship, but Dave, you're gonna pick for Jeremy. Maybe you help him get back in this and, so. and survive a little bit. I can't bit. do worse, let's be honest. <laughs> Cincinnati at West Virginia. The Mountaineers are a six and a half point favorite. Do you like Cincinnati with the points or are you taking the Mountaineers on their home field? I'm going West Virginia. That's a no-brainer. They're playing tough, they're great at home. Cincinnati's had a rough, rough go. I agree 100%. In fact, they are my super pick. Whoa, my super. double points pick right, right here. West Virginia will beat Cincinnati by seven or more and protect their home field. That's a tough place to play. Cincinnati's moved the ball between the 20s. They have terrible time scoring consistently. All right, All right Baylor at TCU. Frogs are 13 point favorites. Baylor's Probably the biggest disappointment in the entire Big 12 Man. this season. So I'm going Frogs. Okay, you take the Frogs, and I'm with you too. We agree on both of the I'm first not going to be able to make up ground if you just follow Well, one's picks. a super pick, so if your super pick beats my super, my we'll, super we'll pick's see. coming up. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, Baylor's just not great, and they're playing in Fort Worth. So on the road, yeah, yeah the Horned Frogs have been frustrated. I think, I think we'll see the frustration bubbling to the surface, and we might see a a big time blowout tomorrow with the Horned Frogs. Okay, Oklahoma State, number 23 team in the country. After losing just inexplicably 45 to three at UCF, they're a seven point favorite on the road at Houston. Yeah, they bounce back. Houston's not very good either. Houston at home is an intriguing option. They beat West Virginia at home. They gave Texas a run at home. Yeah. But because Oklahoma State was so embarrassed last week, they're better than what they were last they've, week. They've had a rough week of practice. They're motivated, and they're playing for a spot in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State will beat Houston by seven or more. Okay. Wouldn't it differ at all here? UCF at Texas Tech. Red Raiders, two and a half point favorites. Uh, this is a no-brainer to me because UCF is okay. tough at home, but okay. Texas Tech is the home team, Red Raiders. So, so you, you just, no bones about it. You're, you're all in on the Red Raiders. Yeah, I, I'm all in on, on UCF not playing well on the road, enough to win. I'm buying stock in UCF. We have okay. our first difference here. Okay, good. They're we riding need, a huge wave of confidence. Texas Tech, their offense doesn't score a ton of points. UCF is capable of going on the road and scoring 30 plus. Like, I'm gonna take UCF here. Okay. All right. 
21st-ranked Kansas State, 7.5-point favorite against number 25, Kansas. The Sunflower State Showdown. Who do you have? Well, I watched the Jayhawks play with their third-string quarterback last week, and they lost uh, to Texas Tech. At home. Uh, I'm going with Kansas State. This is my super pick. You're taking Kansas State. This is where I'm going to make some On the road. Roads here. Super pick. They're going to pound Kansas because Kansas doesn't have a quarterback. <sighs> Even if the Bean kid comes back, Kansas State. I'm taking Kansas here, okay? okay. So we've differed on the last and my two. Super at home. Pick. Kansas at home, different beast. And, and even if it's the third quarterback, they've had a full week of practice for that guy. Texas, Iowa State. Texas favored by a touchdown and a half. Texas all the way. I'm going to Iowa State. Those are a lot of points. Seven and a half? I'm trying to help Jeremy out. <laughs> I got Texas on the road. The Cyclones are right now. Texas, they're bowl eligible. They're their, good. Their new quarterback is little, you know, he's still coming on. They lost their running back. All right. Iowa State's decent on defense. I think they keep it close. Okay. BYU and Oklahoma. Do you like BYU to be within 24 points of the Sooners, or are you rolling with Boomer? Well, I get a paycheck from here every month. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. I'm going to go BYU's going to. They're going to be within 24? They're going to be within 24. <laughs> and I think they can be within 24. And there's the scenarios where they can win the game. Uh, but they come out and fight and stay competitive out here in the West. I, I think they can, can, can do that. I'm banking that they can do that. I thought about going like the uh, anti-karma thing where it's like, maybe if I pick Oklahoma to cover, then somewhere in the ethos and out there in the, sorry, not the east, but the cosmos, something will happen because I picked Oklahoma and BYU will be awesome. Yeah. But I can't do it. I'm with you. I get paid by BYU TV. <laughs> that's, a, that's a throwaway. All right, let's do these prop picks quick. True or false, both Keaton Slovis and Jake Retzlaff will attempt a pass for BYU. False. I agree, false. If, if, if Keaton's healthy enough to play, he's in. Yeah. If he's not, he's out. Maybe he gets the last series, whether the game's out of hand or not. Maybe he gets to like kneel it because it's senior day, but he's not going to attempt to pass. Okay. Over under two and a half touchdowns scored by BYU. Over. Over agreed. Like they, Oklahoma's defense is not a world beater. No. Like BYU should be able to figure out a way to score three touchdowns. Who will catch BYU's first pass? All right, we've got Isaac Rex, Chase Roberts, and Darius Lassiter as options, and then the field. For the rest of the Cougars, I'm taking the field here, Dave. What about you? I'm going Rex, and this time, uh, Retzloff isn't going to overthrow him <laughs> and throw an interception. He's actually going to hit him because he's, he's take, wide he's open take underneath. Check down for six yards. Come on, let's do that. Okay, I like that. How many yards will BYU's longest play from scrimmage be closest to the pin here? I'm going 50. 50? Yeah. Breakdown, so many slips. Interesting, we don't talk about this. I went 48. Watch it be 49. That would be hilarious. I hope it's 51. Yeah, okay. Then, yeah, I, win. I can win the whole showcase. You win? Yes. All right, which half will BYU score more points in, first or second? They typically have been a second half team, Dave. I'm going second half. Yeah, me too. I All wish right. it's the first. I, I can hope it's the first half, right? I need a lot of things to happen for Jerem to make this to competitive. Make okay. I just want Jerem to be competitive. All right. Kind of like what Dennis was you saying. Got to take some risks if you want to get to catch up, right? Hey, making Saturday even bigger than it already was. Number one, women's soccer, uh, the number one seed hosting Michigan State. They're the five seed. Southfield, Sweet 16. Coverage starts at 8 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Let's go. Senior night for BYU women's volleyball tonight. A ranked matchup with Kansas in the Smithfield House. Seniors Whitney Bauer and Whitney McEwen Larinus in Studio B next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. 
Justin straight down. Overpass, joust one by five foot nine. Whitney Bauer. McEwen Larinex puts it away. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. It is game night for BYU women's volleyball as they look to hold off Kansas, competing for that second place spot in the Big 12. And joining us now, Whitney Bauer and Whitney McEwen Larinus, two of the senior stars. And as you look at this weekend of volleyball, what are your emotions like playing in the Smithfield house and, you know, in having your careers you know come to an end like this what's what's this like for you Whitney Bauer we'll start with you yeah it's it's bittersweet I think that we're all so excited to play such a good competitive team especially on senior night and so we know the crowd's going to be there we know the emotions are going to be high um, we're excited to compete and we're excited to fight and we're just lucky that it falls on senior night because it'll just make it that much sweeter so yeah and the notion that you want more home games right yeah, in this tournament right. so it doesn't have to be the last one but it's it's the last regular season for you out there, and uh, and you've had a lot of kills on that court. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with Wit, and I just feel a lot of mixed emotions. Like I'm so excited for this game, but also I do feel sad that this is one of the last moments I'll get to play in the Smithfield House with our crowd, with our team, with our coaches, and so it is. It is bittersweet. It's definitely mixed emotions. Yeah, this is going to be an impossible question, probably, especially on the spot. But I feel like I have to ask it on the spot, so I just get like a true response. <laughs> you have like a favorite memory from the Smithfield House in both of your careers, okay? Whitney, so Whitney Larinus, you're you're shaking your head. Yes, I do. What is it? Yes, so the first memory that always pops into my mind is my freshman year when I first got to experience the energy of the Smithfield House, and it was when we were playing Stanford at home, so this was in 2018. Oh, I remember well. I called the match. It was magical. <laughs> yes, yes. It was, the energy was just unreal, like something I had never felt or experienced before oh, just so being special. on a team, and so that will always be ingrained in my mind with just how special it was looking up at the crowd all the way to the back stuffed, you know, all the way to the walls. And it was just so, so exciting, so fun. All right, Miss Bauer, what do you think? Honestly, I'd probably go with any game against Utah. I mean, the, rob <laughs> the robbery and the, just the feelings in the field house are so intense. And the, just the, the loudness in the crowd that the crowd always brings is just unreal every single time we play Utah. And, you know, there's always some red in the fans, but our fans are just so overpowering and the energy is just unreal. There'll be a little bit of red tonight with Kansas. Uh, what kind of match do you expect? They're ranked 17th, tied for second place, mm -hmm. trying to get a good spot in the NCAA tournament. What, what's going to happen tonight? Yeah, no, they're, they're a really good team, and we're expecting them to come in. We're expecting them to go, you know, just ham. They're, they're super scrappy. They're super competitive, and they've got a lot of firearms on, on all positions of the court. And so I think we're just, we're just going to play to our strengths, and we're not going to look too far into it. Yeah, definitely. And adding to that, I just think having that focus on ourselves, what our strengths are, what we've been working for this whole season. And and I just feel like this is the perfect matchup like for a senior night, just yeah. the perfect to be tied second place and see who comes out on top. As Dave was saying, and you agreed to, you hope this isn't the last time you both play in the Smithfield House. You're certainly competing for the right to host. Mm -hmm. It's up to RPI and the selection committee, yeah. and you got a tough road trip out of I know, one match at a time, but do you, do you feel like we, we need to win out? We control our own. If we win out, we will host. Do you feel like you'll do that? 
Um, I mean, obviously, theoretically, that might be the, the, the goal. If we went out, we could host. But <coughs> even then, it's out of our control, and we still might not host. And so you just never know in the RPI. Like, there's just so many factors that go into it. So we're just going to focus on one game at, game at a time, just win every single game, and then yeah. – That'll just it'll take care of itself. You're such a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> I give generic I answers. Should, I, no, no, I shouldn't Sorry. be surprised. No, you're such a veteran. Heather Olmstead is smiling ear to ear like Whitney. Yes, my protege. You answered correctly. <laughs> hey, we I wish so. you the best tonight. It's sold out as it should be for your senior yeah. swan song. Yeah. Good luck tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Take Thank all you. the karma. Go dominate the Jayhawks. Take it on the road with Thanks. you. Thanks. We'll, we will. We'll we will. Thanks Thank for coming you. in. Thank Remind you. Remind your coverage tonight. BYU Kansas on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, for all the world to see with Jerem, Amy, and Kinsey on the call. We'll put a bow on today's show as we shift gears and remember President M. Russell Ballard, whose funeral services start right after this program. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. And uh, as I mentioned before the break, we're now going to take a unique shift here yeah. to remember a legendary man and a beloved member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, the president of that quorum, M. Russell Ballard. Dave, and I know you you have been around him, you've worked with him in your days at KSL, and you wrote a fantastic piece on him as well. That'll be out this afternoon. Uh, he loved the pioneers, and uh, he always talked about him. His fear was uh, that if we stopped talking about him, people would forget about him. And so you go back to his conference addresses, and they're all about the pioneers, and he's the great grandson of a Utah pioneer. So it's it's appropriate we're talking about him on BYU TV ahead of his funeral because he uh, this is his pioneer story um, back before we had this building, before BYU TV was in 65 million U.S. homes, before it was available all over the world. He had this vision of what it could become, and every time that I had a chance to interview him, it was at a pioneer location, and then our best interviews or the best part of the interview was when the interview was over and we could just sit there and talk back and forth about whatever we wanted. He loved BYU, but he also was fascinated with the reach of television and, uh, and, and his vision for BYU TV. And I got it when I was at the Sochi Olympics in 2014, watching BYU TV on my phone, I realized that Wild. It, uh, in, in his view, BYU TV is a mechanism to take the gospel to the four corners of the earth. And it is in the four corners of the earth because of BYU TV, because of him. And we need to talk about it. We'll continue to talk about it because like the pioneer stories uh, that he feared, if we don't talk about it, we forget. Yes. And at BYU TV, this man and his pioneering of who we are today um, will always be remembered and cherished. President Ballard, one of the reasons if not the reason, BYU TV exists today. So well stated. Stay tuned for the funeral services of our beloved President M. Russell Ballard.